One of the most common questions that I see posted everywhere is where is the best place to live stream? For content creators, they're always interested in the best place to grow their brand or create a brand. And for viewers, we're always interested in what the best live stream platform is, where the best place is to be. And just in general, this kind of subject is really popular. So I've never seen a video that definitively answers this question and just kind of provides in detail the answer. That is the problem that this video is going to solve today. We're gonna to find out where the best place to stream is. We're gonna find out kind of what the macro direction of live streaming looks like and platform by platform, we're gonna look at pros and cons as to what the best options for live streaming are. So if you haven't heard of me, uh, thanks for joining me. I'm Devin Nash. I'm a kind of new media thought leader in the world of marketing. I run an agency that is represents top influencers on YouTube and Twitch. And I also have a Discord, discord.gg slash Devin where we talk about these kind of business t t topics. And then I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Devin Nash, where I make custom videos about, about how to grow a business. So if you're just checking me out, thank you. We're going to get into this. And we're going to start by looking at some of our data is going to be informed by this report. This is quarter three, so very recent as the time of this recording, live streaming report by a group named Stream Hatchet. Stream Hatchet is a business that does fantastic data analysts analytics on the industry, and I use them very often. And I want to start by doing some overall considerations. For that, we're going to bust out the notepad, the legendary notepad here, the resource that I use to convey information. <laughs> and I, I want to start with some overall considerations as to the platforms. Before we go platform by platform, we're going to start with Twitch, we're going to move to YouTube, and then we're going to end on Facebook and then some alternate platforms, which are really the three main platforms that you're going to want to consider for any live streaming thing. But we're also going to talk about alternate platforms. Which I don't think I covered a lot. I'm not going to do too much of it, but a little bit. So some overall considerations for content creators as to where you should stream or where you should think about streaming. The first consideration you should have is you should really have a four-year plan uh, of the platform you're on because that's the average brand existence time. Okay, so your average brand lasts about four years in live streaming, and four years is kind of a good idea of like, okay, I want, I'm thinking about creating a brand, I'm going to be on here a while, all the following that you build is hard to transfer to other platforms, so you want to have a four-year plan of what platform you're going to be on. So the entire video that we're going to make here is going to consider uh, this in, in, in four years plan. I generally don't plan things like business in like four years, but for like macro trends and like where the industry is going, this is what you want to think about on a macro level. You want to think about, okay, where is my platform going? Not just now and what it looks like, but where is it going to be four years from now? A lot of people make this mistake and they think about where a platform like Twitch is right now, which might look really competitive, but they don't think about how it might look in the future. It's not to say it's bad in the future. We'll get to that, but that's just a thing. You should have a four-year plan. But that said, don't fall into the trap of macro-level thinking. Okay, so what do I mean by macro-level thinking? What I mean is macro trends are not equal to your personal success. Uh, I see a lot of people making this mistake. So we can look at some numbers here, and we can, we're going to look at some of these numbers, and we're going to see that if you look at like the total hours watched, so the number of hours that are watched by viewers on a platform like Twitch, right? It's way greater than someplace like YouTube or Facebook. It's clearly the most popular platform. But just because 
that's the truth doesn't mean that that's the most successful place for you to be to be able to broadcast. Likewise, it doesn't not mean that, right? So lots of people, they, they get stuck in this sort of what I, I call like macro and trend level thinking. Actually, people do this for investing too. For example, as of the time of this recording, one of the big issues on the markets, especially in the US markets, is inflation. People are really worried about inflation. So they're thinking, okay, maybe I shouldn't um, hold on to cash or I shouldn't, or I should invest all my assets in markets or I should be afraid of inflation causing the markets to drop. And so I should hold on to cash, right? All these considerations. And what they're not realizing is that like, if, if their personal investment strategy is 10 to 15 years, you can probably still just dump that into an index fund and do fine. I'm not an investment advisor, by the way. I'm just using this as an example to show that your personal individual situation, both in your own life, it, it will always differ from like what the, what the macro is doing. There, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I, I shouldn't take a job in this industry because the industry isn't looking too good. Like Maybe that's something that you want to think about at a really high level. But generally speaking, like the individual... The things that happen to us on a day-to-day basis are are not going to be affected adversely by macro level trends and you would you would do well to not think about that because some people can make decisions based on market factors that don't even influence them at all um and, and they can hold themselves out on a lot of like finance financial upside or success upside by doing that so don't fall into the trap of macro level thinking the third thing i would say is you should personally consider your position in terms of three categories, okay? And I put that to finances, how much money you want to make, community, which is how important is your community and what do you want out of it, and then growth and fame. How much, how important is this to you? And in listening to this video, you should think about that in context of all three of those things. So, so finances, community, and growth, people are going to have differing levels of desire for these kind of things. For example, like for me, community is really important. I don't care so much about finances because I run a business. Someone else might be entirely financially driven. This is going to be a different type, kind of thing. Again, this is kind of going back to point number two, which is like, don't let macro level thinking inform your opinions because you're going to have differing desires dependent on these sort of three factors and where you land on them. The, uh, and then I, let's see, I think, um, the other thing to consider is just real quick, because I'd, I'd be remiss not to mention this, that generally speaking, uh, for, for any established, for any serious venture into brand creation or content creation built, uh, business, uh, a VOD strategy is stronger than any live streaming strategy. When I say a VOD strategy, I mean creating videos and putting them on the internet is better than live streaming, always. So VOD is always going to be stronger than live because live can be consumed in the moment. People don't really like to go back and view live content. The kind of moment has passed. And even people that get huge amounts of viewers in the moment will not eclipse a video on demand, a VOD, that, a video that exists on YouTube or Vimeo or something that can be infinitely consumed and is repeatable. And the sort of start middle end finish of a VOD is always going to be stronger than a live stream without exception. There's the, just the VOD strategy is always going to be better. It's easier to monetize. Sponsors trust it more because they, they can they can review it uh, versus a live stream. Something just random could happen. They typically pay higher CPMs because they understand categories. So there's, there's just a lot of factors to, that make VOD strategy always stronger than a live streaming strategy. If you're considering building a live streaming strategy, you must have a VOD component. You, you, you must make video. It's just not optional. 
in this day and age. Um, and you might consider just not having a live streaming strategy. <laughs> or, or if you do, you, you limit it to not eight hours a day. But a lot of people think that a live streaming strategy has to involve like uh, just spending all of your time on Twitch at 200 hours a month like the top people do. It doesn't. You, you, could, you could be a person who streams two hours a week and it's a targeted driven stream maybe for people like patreon supporters for, for example something that i have a tier for that i i uh, offer like live streams where we do focused q a they're often much more valuable and they they have that live component that you can't get anywhere else but everything else is done through vod so there's something to consider there okay so these are kind of overall considerations before we get into like the big stuff so let's now talk about everything platform by platform the best place to stream and the best considerations. so i think that the way the best way to kind of do this is to do like really definitive pros and cons lists and go one by one on each platform and category. So we're going to start with the big one. That's Twitch, right? Twitch is the legendary monster of broadcasting that so many people think is the best platform to stream on. I've made numerous videos to explain why I don't think that is the case overall, but I think that uh, those videos have not like paid full credit to Twitch and like really given its pros and cons. And I, I I've said, with without exception i think that twitch is like clearly the largest platform but i've said often that i don't think it's the best for everybody and um at this point too it's worth noting and i guess i'll put this in overall considerations that for 99% of creators um i don't think that twitch partnerships or affiliates are a good goal um rather multi-streaming to several platforms is is the is optimal play uh for growth and finances so i i think this applies almost without exception to all creators including top one percent creators um there are some benefits to twitch partnership in forms of monetization that are really great but i think you can give those up safely at this point to multi-stream and get those benefits elsewhere and i know that's true for twitch affiliates so we'll talk a little bit more about that later but let's go over the pros and cons of twitch so what are the pros of twitch <laughs> this is if you've ever watched a Devin nash video i'm in rare form right now i don't rarely usually talk about the pros of twitch but they, they they're hit they're there definitely and one of the what the pros of twitch is that twitch is the best platform full stop for monetizing small to medium-sized creators a lot of people don't know this, but this I, when I define a small to medium-sized creator, I consider this 100 to, let's say, 5,000 viewers. Twitch is the best platform at doing this. Part of that is Twitch Prime, which is the second big uh, thing we're going to get to in a minute. Part of it is just the way that their culture has been expertly set up, the Amazon systems that have been put in place that optimize monetization, the tip system and the culture of giving tips to broadcasters, the ad system and the, um, the running ads. Twitch is just a great place. If you are a 100 to 5,000 viewer broadcaster, it's just a phenomenal place to be. Now, keep in mind that only five of every uh, 10,000 people will ever reach a number like one to 5,000 viewer streams. So I'll just repeat that again. Five of every 10,000 people. So if you think you're going to be one of those five, then you fall into this category. Otherwise, you're going to run into very difficult monetization problems if you're going to get, be able to monetize at all. It's extraordinarily rare that um, anybody becomes a broadcaster of any kind of significance on Twitch. So keeping that in mind, if you're okay with that, you think you can, you can beat those odds, then you actually have a great financial opportunity on Twitch. Twitch is a great play place to monetize creators. Uh, it really is. And a big part of that reason is Twitch Prime. Twitch Prime is 
a service offered by Amazon where if you have an Amazon Prime account linked to your Twitch account, you can subscribe to somebody for free and they'll get the full $2.50 split of the $5 that uh, would go to you as an affiliate or sub. Twitch Prime represents about one in five viewers. So about one in five viewers have the option to Twitch Prime and they can select one stream a month to do it. Twitch Prime is phenomenal, and one of the best ways to get Twitch Prime subs is just to ask for them. If you're an affiliate or partner, you can just say, hey, if you guys have a Twitch Prime, it's free. If you want to support me, that's, uh, th- this would be great. And you know, just d- throw that out there, and you can get a lot of those, um, those subscribers. So th- that's phenomenal. Another thing about Twitch is Twitch has a strong community. And um, how I put that is like the emote culture the 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 culture of chats often appeals to broadcasters and entertainers more than any other platform because it's uh, a lot of the memes and kind of just like meta is on Twitch and I, I don't think any other platform is sophisticated in its culture like Twitch is. This is kind of one of those things you have to kind of see to believe. You have to sort of be there and you have to be a part of the chat to kind of understand like how it works. It's sort of like a collective unconscious um, of preschoolers. And, and, and it can kind of be really funny and endearing in, in a sort of weird, twisted, parasocial way. <laughs> so Twitch has a strong community, and it's usually stronger than YouTube or Facebook unless broadcasters on those platforms have tried specifically to create their communities in a different way. And in addition to that, Twitch is kind of the happening place. So your fame and success will feel like more on this platform. 100 viewers on Twitch will feel a lot better than having 100 viewers on, on, on Facebook. 100 viewers or 1,000 viewers on Twitch will feel a hell of a lot better. And this is because Twitch is perceived by the general public as of the time of this talk as a kind of happening place. It's sort of the place to be for live streamers. And because of that, there, it's sort of the happening place. You won't feel as accomplished or significant necessarily on like a YouTube or Facebook platform right now. Uh, Twitch is kind of the happening place in that way. And then uh, the last advantage I'd say is that they have the highest market share. So this kind of just all of these kind of pairing together. Let's talk about some cons. So some of the cons of Twitch, um, the largest and most notable con is you are undiscoverable. So I've talked about this in a lot of different talks and a lot of different videos. You, it's so difficult to get discovered on Twitch slash impossible. The recommendation system isn't enough to recommend smaller broadcast it is getting better but i don't think it'll ever be at the point where like a zero to five viewer broadcaster is realistically discoverable via the platform i I just don't think that's the way that people consume it the twitch is very much a kingmaker system people that have high viewers do better and people that have lower viewers do worse so you have to accumulate an audience from outside of twitch and bring it to twitch you can't really grow a stream on twitch and for that reason i don't recommend that most people start their, their their streams on twitch unless you have a dedicated growth strategy that you think you can surmount this undiscoverable thing. Um, lack of discoverability and, and not being able to build a brand are huge problems on Twitch. I think this is like the number one issue and the number one con on Twitch. But some other ones that aren't talked about a whole lot. So you won't get much support. Uh, if you're an affiliate or a partner, affiliate being a person who has three viewers or more and signs up for certain uh, advantages, I guess you could call them. Like you basically get enabled for subscriptions. I have a video on why you should never become a Twitch affiliate. I still stand by that video a year later. I don't think that anyone should ever accept affiliate under any circumstances. There is never, uh, there is never not a, a point where you should accept affiliate. Partner though, 
is better, but the big thing that is a problem with a partner is the third con, which is exclusivity. I'll get to in a moment, but you won't get much support. Affiliate and partnership uh, people don't have a direct person to talk to at Twitch with the exception of very few uh, top 1% influencers, or I should say top 0.001% influencers, and even them, they don't have a lot of direct contact with Twitch. Twitch is not very good at communicating with its affiliates and partners. They aren't very helpful. Um, their system is getting worse, and the account managers that used to manage a lot of partners are being reassigned. So there just isn't a lot of support in my personal experience and, and also from what I've heard from dozens and dozens of partners. Um, I've been a partner as well on Twitch for uh, since 2012. And the accessibility I had to human beings at Twitch, like is uh, even now that I run an agency at a high level and I, I deal directly with Twitch and their sales teams and um, run deals for them, the, the, the accessibility I have to actual humans is limited. Uh, I have been impressed lately. Uh, I, I think that their executive culture has been much more uh, prominent in reaching out to creators and myself included. And that, that's, that's changed some of my opinions on the platform for the positive. And I, and I think that's good. I think we're seeing a trend where Twitch as like at an executive and leadership level is going to start to trend upward. Whereas I think it's been um, really taking a dive largely because of their CEO, Emmett Shear, who I, I, I've said before, I think is a phenomenal CTO, like a phenomenal engineer, but a very poor community leader, um, person who doesn't communicate at all and, and, and has very out of touch with like Twitch as a community. And, and as a result, that's like causing a lot of like problems with the company from the top down. So, um, but there's there's upcoming executives that are impressing me uh, in Twitch that I think um, have a lot of potential, and that, that's going to be really good for its future. Moving on, uh, exclusivity, huge problem. So once you're an affiliate or partner, you sign a contract that says you cannot broadcast to any other platform at the same time. So you eliminate multi-streaming. Twitch does this intentionally. Um, the trade for partner might be worth it if you are a partner and you have a substantial amount of subs and you have a substantial amount of income coming in from Twitch, it might be good to keep the partner contract because you can make a lot of money off of it and exclusivity might be worth it in that stance. But I, I will tell you right now, as a person who averaged, at the time that I left, I averaged about 1,200 to 1,500 viewers. I would discontinue my partnership and I would multi-stream if I went back to live streaming. I, I don't live stream for just personal reasons. Like I just like have a lot of work now and I, I prefer VOD. So, um, and, and I just don't, don't agree with some of the direction that the platform that I was on, which is Twitch was going. But if I did, I would, I would just remove my, I would send a message. I would request that my partnership get removed and then I would multi-stream. Uh, so I would actually forego Twitch subscriptions um, in favor of multi-streaming and I would drive somebody uh, to a Patreon page, like my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Devin Nash, where I can provide a lot more value. And more importantly, and the last con that I'll bring up, um, I will get a higher percentage. The percentage split is very high. I have a video called Twitch is a Pimp, where I show that the Twitch percentage split is extremely high. They take 50% at affiliate or as partner level uh, of your subscriber income, which is higher than any other platform uh, of its ilk. Now, that's a little bit disingenuous because you have to consider that like a Twitch Prime, for example, is free for everyone. It's Amazon that's like supporting that cost. So you're really getting 100% of a Twitch Prime because that's just money that is, wouldn't be there. It's like Amazon anyway. Does that make sense? Um, so in reality, when you like recalculate these splits, it, it probably looks more competitive for their platforms. But um, on, on a day-to-day -day split of like a viewer tier one or tier two, tier three subscribing to you, it is a high split at Twitch. And to give you an idea of like Patreon, for example, is an 8% split, uh, 8 to 12, I should say, depending on your, your, your kind of like deal. But man, like getting 92% of your money versus 50% of your money feels way better. <laughs> it's, it's just incredible. And so I've since moved my entire 
business it was like I, I used to I used to get a lot of Twitch subscriptions. I've basically moved my entire thing over to to here, which is uh, oh, is this the uh, this is the non-public page or whatever? I don't. Yeah, okay, so over to here on Patreon, and my Patreon's doing phenomenal, and I'm able to add so much more value than I I, I do off of my subscriptions on Twitch. Like on on Twitch, you get like a uh, like a little emote and like you get some kind of prestige but here i've done like over 50 hours of videos just every like like all kinds of like business stuff i can upload them almost every day i i can do um like specifics where i can talk to users directly it's just like way more advantageous for me to drive people to patreon and i think that's actually the case with most people right now they're they're, they're kind of like not realizing that you could just sort of shut down your Twitch subscriptions by not partnering. Then you could go multi-stream to other platforms, get all of the growth benefits and the subscriptions and monetization benefits of those platforms. And then you could um, benefit from all the best of all worlds. And people are going to say, well, multi-streaming dilutes your brand. There's no evidence of this. It's actually totally the opposite. Um, if you multi-stream and you just keep a bunch of chats on your other monitor and say, oh, so-and-so person from YouTube says, then you can actually integrate those communities together and people will actually cross-pollinate. It actually is better to multi-stream and that's a kind of video in of itself but the short of it is that multi-streaming is better in every single way so i still wouldn't recommend twitch partner to like 99 percent of creators but twitch is definitely the happening place and it does have a, a lot of ways to monetize small and medium creators there are some considerations today as to why you might want to stream on twitch still i i don't think it's absolutely like hard no well, let's move on to the next big one and that's uh youtube so youtube is up and coming as a live stream platform. It definitely has the highest growth potential. And you can look at that through the Stream Hatches report here it says that uh, YouTube Live carries huge growth potential and kind of just shows like what the viewership hours are doing and how they're starting to kind of compete with Twitch. Although Twitch had a unbelievable year during uh, 2021. Uh, it's just been an insane year where I think just in quarter three, uh, Stream Hatches says they got a 41% increase in hours watched. That's just an absurd number. Up, up another, there's an additional 90% or 90-something percent that came as a, uh, in quarter two and quarter one. I mean, Twitch has just seen absurd growth that's just been fueled by the pandemic and everything that's happening. YouTube and Facebook just couldn't keep up, but are competitive in their own right and each have really great uh, increases. By percentage, Facebook has grown the largest, but um, it, compared to the actual pure hours watched, Twitch is just taking the cake there. So that said, YouTube is still a great platform. Um, it has the highest growth potential, in my opinion. I'm going to put IMO in those uh, little parentheses there. What do I mean by that? So I think that YouTube over that, remember I said in the overall considerations, you should have a four-year plan. I think that in that four-year plan, YouTube has the highest growth potential out of any platform. If I was a broadcaster with zero followers, I would start on YouTube today. And that is because I think YouTube has a unbelievable horizon just with their pure user base, 2 billion users on the back of the second most advanced search engine in the world, which is YouTube on the back of the first most advanced search engine in the world, which is Google. So YouTube just has unbelievable growth potential to bring those 2 billion users into the live streaming space with a couple of discoverability updates or UI updates or anything. YouTube instantaneously and overnight becomes the platform to broadcast on. It kind of debatedly already is with a lot of broadcasters like Courage JG or Valkyrie moving over to YouTube from Twitch and has seen way higher percentages of viewership and way higher growth than they did on Twitch. Um, Valkyrie is like a particularly great example of this where uh, she was running a, you know, a, a semi-okay stream on Twitch and then basically triple or quadrupled her viewership on YouTube. And she's talked about this quite a bit. So YouTube's phenomenal for growth and it, it is a great platform for growth, but also has the highest discoverability out of any platform. And this is because of the search 
that I brought up before. This is the kind of like ability to type something into YouTube, like um, top Fortnite plays and find a live stream doing it versus on Twitch. If you do that, you know, you don't find anything. So people that are searching for their particular interests, they're better plugged into the YouTube algorithm system. And, and that helps with discoverability. Also, just because the market is less saturated, there's less broadcasters on it, less people think that it's going to work, but there are more users. This is a, um, this makes the platform much more attractive from a discoverability standpoint. This is true for other social media platforms that people might be sleeping on, like LinkedIn, for example, which has an insane amount of users, but no creators on it. So if you create anything on LinkedIn, it just gets blasted out to a bazillion people. Uh, this is one of the reasons why like, YouTube Shorts was so popular at first, or like YouTube community posts, like when there's nobody doing something and there's tons of people ready to consume it, this is like a huge market vulnerability that people should take advantage of. Um, in addition, though, there's also strong and competitive monetization options. So I mentioned that Twitch is the best platform for monetization of small medium creators, but really right behind that is YouTube. You can see that YouTube has 10 ways to monetize, including creator funds, YouTube premium, super thanks, merchandising shelves, ticket shelves, YouTube brand connect, um, and then all the other stuff, subscriptions. It's pretty incredible, right? In, in addition to uh, advertisements and everything built on the Google AdWords system. So YouTube has great monetization options for creators and there are a bunch of different ways that creators sleep on those options so for example uh, i don't see a lot of people using something like merchandise shelf or youtube brand connect or creator funds uh these are all things that like youtubers could potentially use but they don't like and the, the reason for this is like youtube has relied on or sorry, youtube creators have relied on a culture of, of just ads like they just get paid in ads and the ads are so competitive that they don't monetize in other ways you'll actually find youtube channels that are like five hundred thousand to a million subscribers that have no other monetization model rather than just their ads and they make plenty of money and so they're fine with it but it's like why not build a product or why not have merch or why not do at least start a patreon and drive people to that like i don't get it but okay um anyway monetization options are there for people in addition let's see what else we got uh brand centralization much more so brand centralization what do i i mean so there's a feedback loop from vod to live stream we're going to draw two arrows here and what do i mean about this well i talk about decentralization of brands as a good thing but centralization of a brand can also be a good thing of living in one place so there are pros and cons to this that probably deserve its own video some of them are obvious like if you have your own you have a centralized brand on youtube only and then you get banned ooh, bad day right so diversification is good, but centralizing your brand where you live stream and, and, and create VODs in the same place can kind of be cool because all of your users feed back into each other. So your, your video on demand, for example, might feed back into your live stream, bringing viewers over there, and your live stream feeds back into your videos as people go check out your channel. That's a cool advantage. Um, and that kind of leads into the um, accessibility issue, which is the accessibility to non-gaming audiences because audiences are more diverse. So right now, I think about 20 to 25% of Twitch is non-gaming content. So the majority of content on Twitch is still gaming content. But on YouTube, that's not the case. The majority of content on YouTube is not gaming content. So you have, if you are a non-gamer, uh, you have much higher potential on YouTube because just your audience is uh, more diverse. And centralizing your brand there is more beneficial than a place like Twitch because if one in every three of your viewers on Twitch is a gamer, versus one in every 10 on YouTube. If you are centralizing your brand on YouTube, you have a higher potential to get those people who um, may not, may be more interested in your content. 
But that said, let's talk about some of the... Oh, sorry, I've got more. <laughs> more pros. I just love YouTube. Okay, um, sponsors respect YouTube more than Twitch, usually. <laughs> and uh, hopefully I don't get a lot of angry emails about this, um, but what do I mean by this? So typically video content and by its extension, any content on YouTube is seen with more authority. Twitch is still a really new kind of child in the space of the social media platform world. YouTube is more understood by brands. It's easier to monetize. A really good example of this is like we had a, a, a work we were doing with the US Army at my agency. And I, we, were, we were thinking about how to live stream a skydiving event. And when you talk to the Pentagon and all these people about it, live streaming is just like totally out of the question. Like the, the amount of bureaucratic tape that we would have to go through to make this happen was like insane. But to get a video done is super easy because all you do is just send that video over. They review it and then they come back and they um, say yes or no or change these things. So in that same response, like that's an extreme example to show you that like sponsorship wise, using YouTube is way easier than Twitch because you can assign a certain value to the video itself and then you can review it very easily. Sponsors tend to just understand and respect YouTube a lot more. And then lastly and finally, there's better analytics. So if anyone's ever been in the back end of YouTube analytics, it's phenomenal. Find out everything about your customer, find out their age, their preferences, their dog's name, what color their dog wears, their mom's maiden name. You find out so much good information being facetious, but there's phenomenal amounts of information that are, is real relevant to making informed business decisions. Whereas I have always been kind of underwhelmed by the analytics on Twitch and the analytics on Facebook. I think it could be a lot better where you can't even tell like the gender of your audience, for example, on Twitch. Um, you just no idea. Or, or, um, how, or, or what people come in from where. It's just like a very general, like vague kind of thing. Um, that probably deserves its own video. Okay, so those are the, the pros of, of, of YouTube. Obviously, there are a lot of them because I generally think YouTube is the strongest platform to stream on, uh, but there are cons for sure. So let's go into those. The first con is uh, no one, or what is good, is it? No one will take you seriously <laughs> for about a year or two uh, until you can relink them this video. Everyone right now thinks that Twitch is the bee's knees in the cat's pajamas. There's just that no one is thinking about YouTube. And even though there are people that are saying, hey, this is like a pretty competitive platform, they're just, just it's not a thing. Like being a Facebook streamer, being a YouTube streamer, you're just like always going to be in the sort of second row until these platforms prove out their potential. Or maybe they never do. And they just are kind of like, well, look, as a marketer, like as a professional marketer running a marketing agency, I love stuff like this, okay? Like, yeah, stop, don't use LinkedIn. Goodness gracious, I'll keep posting there and getting huge engagement. And, and, like, and like, I'm, I'm happy being a first mover there. Same with YouTube, right? We're all keep multi-streaming. If you keep thinking that multi-streaming is bad, sure, I'll just keep multi-streaming myself and getting all of those advantages, right? Um, and, and this doesn't need to be a secret that has to be kept. Like I've, I have no investment in this, right? I'm just, I'm just educating. But um, man, it, you will not be taken seriously for a long time until YouTube proves itself out. So that's con number one. So, uh, look, one of the, another big con is the UI and interface is super unintuitive. I think this is a smaller issue. I think this is really easy to fix in the grand scheme of things. But for now, the UI interface is just not great on YouTube gaming, especially and, and YouTube live streaming is hard. It's hard to find streams. There's no directory. This is by design in that YouTube is trying to build an algorithmic system to 
point you to the right broadcast rather than just like create a directory system that's sort of kingmaker-ish where it, like Twitch has where it's like, okay, here's all the streams with the most viewers. So just click on those and don't worry about any other creators when there's probably thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of other creators who might be better suited for you than that particular broadcast. So realize that YouTube is making the intentional decision to not um, create a directory system, but that tends to piss off a lot of people that are trying to find streams in the way that they're used to on Twitch because Twitch has such a market share. Then um, the last and I think most significant con that I haven't talked about is you are subject to Google's algorithm. Uh, plus or minus. So with Google, Google will periodically change its discoverability. For one month, community posts will be the thing to do. The next month, they'll be worthless. Likewise, live streams fall into this where a live stream might be featured and you could have 50,000 viewers and then they take you completely off of the search and you have none. The great thing about Twitch is that it's fairly stable in terms of its discoverability uh, or, or lack of it, <laughs> uh, but YouTube is going to be all over the place. You can't, you can't really build a brand on YouTube's discoverability because you just never know what it's going to be the next day. This is the same with like VOD discoverability. Like right now, recommended in search is really strong, but we just don't know where YouTube is going to go. And they do a thing that people uh, affectionately call the Google dance. Marketers call the Google dance, which means that they just sort of mess around with the algorithm and change everything. And um, it's, it's, it's up to us to kind of figure out how it works. So that can be a really huge con that you're, it's potentially YouTube as a company makes a decision where, hey, we're just not going to feature live stream. We don't think it's really great compared to our video content. And for whatever reasons, it just doesn't appeal to our sponsors. We're not going to compete with it. So they're, they just deprioritize broadcasts to the point where nobody gets discovered. That's like a super realistic possibility on YouTube, right? It's a huge con because that doesn't happen on Twitch. Twitch's business is live streaming. That's it. Like that's what they do. They're never going to deprioritize live streaming because that's what they do. So that's a huge problem with YouTube and also Facebook, which we're going to get into now, um, that you have to consider and, and is enough of a reason to kind of be afraid of maybe streaming on YouTube. Um, but I think YouTube streaming right now is definitely the best place to be. It takes a lot of balls to do it. Let's talk about Facebook. So Facebook is kind of just lagging behind the other two. It's actually a phenomenal platform for percentage year over year growth. And they have a lot of interesting niche categories like mobile games where they do very well. So let's talk about some of the pros of Facebook and kind of like what um, it is. So like YouTube, it has high growth potential. There's 2 billion Facebook users. Facebook can easily drive those viewers to streams and say, hey, take a look at these broadcasts. Um, they're like, they're, they're, they, they fit you. There's, uh, and that said, Facebook also has targeted audiences and actually the most targeted audience out of any platform. Facebook understands its individual users better than anybody. A lot of people view Facebook as an old platform. So oh, this is for old people. This is great for 50 to 75 year old people. That is not true. Facebook has a competitive young crowd, particularly people in school that use it um, to communicate back and forth because there is no other kind of medium length form method of communication. Instagram is all short form, like comments. Twitter is short form. Uh, so basically younger people use Facebook and Google Docs to communicate. So there's still a very young audience on Facebook. And you have to, and again, it's 2 billion users. So it always blows my mind. It's like, oh, Facebook's just for old people. It's 2 billion users. The, the, like, like it's, 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 it's by definition, not just that, right? It, it's, this is, this goes back to um, that Number two, don't fall into the trap of macro level thinking. So many people will not stream on Facebook because they think it's just for old people. First of all, that's factually incorrect. But even if it was true, and let's say the majority of Facebook users was 
old people. There's still a huge, huge number of people that are young, engaged, college students, whatever your demographic is, you could easily appeal to those people. It's like saying that every single person that uses Twitter only eats Vietnamese food. Like, like I, I can find you a sample size of people where that is true and, and prove that out, but it's just objectively not true. There's so many users, there's so many people. So like, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't, there are people that are like, oh, I'm not going to run my, my, my Italy business on, <laughs> uh, because I, because I, I think this thing, you see that, like, that's that absurdity of thinking in the same way that people sleep on Facebook really hard. And they think that Facebook is it, just like LinkedIn, another one where people are like, LinkedIn is only business people. It's only people looking for jobs or resumes. No, it's not. They have 700 million users. Like they're, they're, they're a hundred percent, all kinds of different people. And also people don't just turn off and, and, um, uh, become like if you have a if you are looking for a job and you're on LinkedIn, you're you're still a gamer. You're still interested in stuff, like right? Like you could still appeal to the people in that way. Anyway, I'm ranting, but yeah, don't uh, judge a book by its cover here. So targeted audiences mean that your Facebook stream can get in front of pretty much your direct demographic more so than uh, probably any other um, any other thing can. Okay, so um, along the line of targeted audiences, you can boost your own stream or page to those audiences. So Facebook offers pay to win is the way to understand that. And Facebook pay to win is great. <laughs> it's actually really good. Um, you don't pay that much. And I see for Facebook ads or any kind of Facebook thing, Facebook is really the platform to pay on. You can pay a, a relatively small amount of money, you know, $10, $15 a day to get some pretty awesome results. A lot of people have a sort of spiritual problem with paying for this, and I, I think they need to kind of get rid of that. Um, I love paying and promoting pages. I think that you can easily pay to promote a page that will then generate you more money in ad revenue going forward. So like an effective strategy on Facebook right now, it's a real strategy, is you can, let's say, do a video. Um, page where you're going to upload like gaming videos or something. And you could pay to promote that page to a certain number of users and subscribers to a certain point, cut off that payment. And then the, the video revenue, the revenue that goes from the Facebook ad program then gives you a passive form of income. That's a very realistic strategy that I've seen people use on Facebook. So you can pay to win on Facebook. That's a huge advantage. And then another huge advantage of Facebook that people don't talk about is Facebook takes no revenue from you until 2023. And then after that, Less than 30%. So Facebook has issued or earmarked over a billion dollars for its creator program. And a part of that billion dollars is Mark Zuckerberg himself said that no revenue is going to be taken on Facebook until uh, 2023. And they are, so that's, that's that kind of four-year plan. At least half of that, you know you're making 100% of your revenue. That's pretty good. And then after that, you're probably making rates that are more competitive than any other platform. Uh, what else? I think those are all. So let's go into the cons list of Facebook. First of all, uh, con, this might be a, a, a plus or minus, so we'll put this here, and that is real name viewers. So Facebook uses a system of real name viewers where your page or your personal page that you have on Facebook shows up in a, in a streamer's chat. So you're John Stamos, right? The, the person, you're not like XXYoloSwagon69. Okay, I, I'm I'm Devin Nash, right? Not like Wizard Gandalf three 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 three, right? Like I'm I'm Devin Nash on there, and that could be a plus because there's less trolls, um, or a minus because like you you may feel like you're not fostering a community of authenticity. People get kind of afraid of chatting. There might be less engagement, things like that. There's no evidence to point to like less engagement, and Facebook streamers haven't reported that uh, anecdotally, but it, it, it's a, it's a factor you have to consider. 
The next one, and I think the most egregious one is the UI um, and just the discover discover or sorry the um, discovery page. Like YouTube, it's just hard as heck to navigate, hard to kind of work around, and this the UI is just kind of a mess. And then lastly, there's a limit of 1080p to 60 FPS as of the time of this recording. You can only stream 1080p to 60 FPS to Facebook, which means that a large amount of people that don't have the bandwidth to consume those kind of streams will not um, will not be able to consume your, your your stuff. This is only YouTube that does that better. Uh, if I, I believe affiliates are also locked to 1080p. I'm not sure if they or maybe they have options now uh, for stream encoding. Somebody can let me know. Um, but I know there are options on Twitch at a certain level for stream encoding, but on Facebook. Um, it's limited to 1080p, which is, which is not great. So let's talk about alternate platforms for a second. Now I'll just uh, put these, uh, these sort of general, generalized. So I consider alternate platforms like DLive, Trovo, and Brime right now are the three. I think that these platforms are extremely niche. They have a low chance of succeeding as platforms. And, oh, there's Caffeine as well, which is that weird one that has like the 120 million Caffeine. Caffeine, caffeinated. All right, we're good. Okay. Um, I think that these platforms have like 10 users. So you could have all 10 of those users, and that's cool. So if you want to be extremely niche right now, these alternative platforms are not really worth considering on, like, like streaming on, on like a serious basis. But hey, if you can multi stream to them, why not? Right. And I would pay attention to some of these platforms becoming like niche like it always blows my mind that, that companies like trovo or or brime they, they try to compete with twitch as a whole which seems like impossible or youtube as a whole but like if you just establish the niche like hey, we are the cooking people like we are the we are the, brime is like we are the pirate channel like if you're if you like pirates like here we are right like you could do that kind of thing and that would be a lot more successful like maybe someone that has like niche audience could consider streaming on one of these websites if they went that direction but like as a sort of global um consideration against these other platforms there's just no reason to do it right now um but they're they're good to keep an eye on uh, i keep an eye on them uh a lot okay so that said we now have the definitive pros and cons list so where is the best place to stream finally answering the question before we do we're 42 minutes into this video can you believe that yeah you've been listening to that for this long thank you you are part of the secret club that has listened to a video this long. Post a comment and say you made it to 42 minutes. I will read it and I will smile a little bit. I may not respond, but I will smile and you will know that I smiled. Uh, please also check into our Discord, discord.gg slash Devin. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash Devin Nash. It's really a phenomenal treasure trove of uh, videos that I've been making almost every day about the deeper business subject. So if you really are interested in like growing a channel or, or, or um, it's not just for content creators. In fact, I try to specifically uh label that work towards entrepreneurs it's all kinds of good information on there just uploaded a 35 minute video on uh employees w2s versus contractors and, and interns it's very technical stuff super different go check it out that's patreon.com slash devin nash okay the best place to stream well the answer is it is subjective based on what your individual goals are. I hope I've structured this video well enough to help you determine those individual goals. But generally speaking, I think the best live streaming strategy of 2021 and the first second quarter of 2022, at which point I will not know enough to n tell you what is going to be the best because things will change, is going to be to multi-stream on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube and deny affiliate partner 
or any exclusivity on any platform until your multi-stream shows that you're going to be over-indexing on one particular platform. And then you maybe double down or make the decision to double down on that. But there is no reason to not multi-stream and then find what platform is performing the best for you. People shortchange themselves by starting only on one platform. Then they will never know. Maybe like they never make it on Twitch, but Facebook was that platform that was going to take them off and they have a 4,000 viewer potential stream on, on Facebook. Maybe though, um, they didn't stream on Twitch and Twitch could have been that thing for them, right? Like it, it's like you're limiting your, your, your options by not syndicating and there's no reason not to do it. If you were to pick one, where would it be? It would be YouTube because YouTube has the highest growth potential, has great monetization options. I'm confident in their executive team. I think that um, Fwiz, who is the head of YouTube gaming, knows what he's doing. And a lot of the people over there know what they're doing. And I, so I'm confident in their team. And I'm just confident in their ability and their philosophy of making a more discoverable platform for live streaming going forward. And I think that it has nowhere to go but up. So I would choose YouTube as the best place to stream, full stop. Uh, a close second to that would be Facebook, and a third would be would be Twitch at this point. But that said, I don't particularly think that any of those places are particularly bad places to stream. Even though I might dog on Twitch more than normal, I still think that Twitch is a fantastic choice for certain creators. The uh, if you've taken away anything from this video, it's that there is no wrong choice. It is it is your choice. So the purpose of this video has been to 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 guide you as best as I can individually through that process of determining what the best platform is for you based on your individual key performance indicators to that end. So is it finances? Do you want to make a ton of money? Well, then you might want to consider a platform like Twitch, which for smaller medium creators is a great place to do that. Do you like community? Twitch, again, maybe is a good place to go. Um, but do you like any kind of discoverability or growth or fame? Well, then maybe it's Twitch because you want to have that kind of growth and you want to have that kind of feeling of being famous on, on Twitch. But maybe it's YouTube because you can grow way better on YouTube. Maybe you find a YouTube community is much better because they're going to be uh, more dedicated to your content because they watch your VODs. Maybe you're okay with YouTube's monetization options or you, you really like the fact that Facebook um, gives you 100% of the revenue, right? Uh, if, if you are watching this video with the sole purpose of me telling you where to stream, then you've missed the point because the entire point of running a broadcast is that you as an individual content creator are yourself a business. You're an entrepreneur and you need to start making these decisions for yourself. Uh, if you're a viewer and you're just kind of interested in the market, like I know a lot of you listen to this are not content creators and just like, like to listen to it, then I hope you've had some kind of insight into like what the live streaming market looks like and some of the considerations of where the platforms are going. I really have a lot of confidence in YouTube and Facebook. I think that their numbers reflect that. Um, YouTube especially just looks like really impressive. But I was surprised by Twitch's year-over-year -year growth over the last two years, or, or I should say one year, where the pandemic just really carried Twitch from a declining viewer base and starting to kind of zombify um, based on like entropy to like a just growing huge platform. And live streaming once again, just like took the wheel and is really increasing in viewership. That raises the question that once we're finally over all this stuff, is that going to maintain? Whereas like YouTube and Facebook were, were, were gaining on YouTube or on Twitch at that time, just because they had the established user base to bring into live streaming who had never heard of that. Twitch just has to work so much harder to acquire that one user. That's who, I don't know. Like it's really exciting to see. And there will be future videos where we talk about the kind of overall live streaming 
meta and like where things are going. And it changes every six months. So it's exciting stuff. So I hope you found this video helpful. If you have, please toss the like subscribe thing, you know, do that whole thing. Like and subscribe to the video or leave a comment it helps a lot for this channel. And thanks in general for supporting this channel. Um, it's been incredible. And I hope this has been great information. Thanks again. Okay, that's it. Bye.